G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. As we head towards Easter yet again, perhaps it's time to think about, well, what makes us so special that God would do this Easter thing for us? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're turning our hearts and our minds once again towards Easter. It's a special time, such a special time, and yet it's one that we seem to skim over so quickly each year. I believe that over these coming few weeks, God wants to speak some amazing new truths into our heart about his love for us. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I'd love to send you called The Shocking Truth About You, Me, and Barabbas, to help you wrap your heart around the power of the Easter message. It's always something special for me this time of the year that we call Easter. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time on this whole Easter story over the coming few weeks. This is my 23rd Easter since I became a Christian. And it just never ceases to amaze me what the Easter story is all about. It's a good time for us to think about what God was up to. I mean... Christmas seems like it was just a few weeks ago. Hey, you know, that's when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the whole baby in the manger thing, Jesus becoming a man. But Easter for Jesus didn't happen just a few months after Christmas. Easter for Jesus happened about 33 years later during the Passover celebration. It was the time when Israel celebrated the freedom that they had out of slavery. They'd been slaves in Egypt for a few centuries. God had sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And God sent a whole bunch of plagues upon the nation of Egypt. And the last plague, the most powerful plague, was the firstborn of every Egyptian family. In fact, their animals as well. The firstborn was killed by God and that ultimately convinced Pharaoh to let God's people go. But it didn't happen to the Israelites. You see, they were slaves in Egypt, and God said to them, look, you get a lamb, and you slay that lamb, and you put that lamb's blood on the top of your door frame, and the angel of death will pass over your house, and this plague upon Egypt won't befall your house. And so the Passover celebration was the celebration of the freedom that Israel received from slavery through the shedding of the blood of a lamb, and that, of course, is what Easter is all about. So here Jesus was in his early 30s and it was the Passover celebration and it's the time that we remember that Jesus not only came to earth as a man, he not only walked through every trial and every temptation that you and I do, he not only healed the sick and cast out demons and preached with power, he laid down his life for you and me. He died for us. Now we'll look at the how and why of that, but for me, Easter begins long, long before that. You look at God and you say, well... God, why did you go to such an extreme? What was this all about? You're sending your son, your only son, Jesus, your beloved, and you let him be spat upon and beaten and and crucified? Easter is God saying to us that you and I are to die for, 
Now, the term to die for is a contemporary term. If you're not aware, it's SMS shorthand. You know, the kids, as they send the SMS messages to one another, often put the word to die for. They don't write it out in full. They write it down as the number two, the letters D-I, and the number four. So it's to die for. And it's shorthand for something that you just have to have. A girl might send an SMS to a girlfriend of hers and talk about a boy and say, he was to die for. A boy might look at a car or a motorbike and say, that car or that motorbike is to die for. Something that's to die for is something that you just have to have. And so that's why we're talking about it right now, because that's what Easter's about. And this term to die for started me thinking, God was prepared to send his son to die for you and me. You and I in his eyes, in his heart, we are to die for. There's a beautiful psalm. You may have heard me talk about this psalm before. We're going to spend today looking at this psalm. If you have a Bible, grab it. Open it up at Psalm 139, because Psalm 139 is a psalm that I guess lays the foundations of Easter for me. It lays the foundations of to die for. We're going to pack this whole idea and go and have a look at what was going on inside the Father's great and mighty heart. What was he thinking? How, how was he thinking about you and me when he hatched Easter? Easter's a hard thing to get our hearts around. It's a hard thing to get our minds around. But Psalm 139 is a great place to start. Psalm 139 tells us just what was going on in God's heart. What drove God towards this amazing plan that we now call Easter? Let's have a read. Grab a Bible. Open it up. Psalm 139. We'll just look at verses 1 to 12 to begin with. This is what it says. Lord... You've searched me and you know me. You know me when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You you know my thoughts from a long, long way off. You discern my going in and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before even a word is on my tongue, you already know it completely, Lord. You hem me in behind me, in front of me. You've laid your hands upon me. Such knowledge is just too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If, if I make my bed in the depths of hell, you're still there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the farthest side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, well, even the darkness isn't dark to you. The night will shine like day because darkness is like light to you. This is a beautiful psalm, and not just words. This man who wrote this psalm is pouring out his heart about how wonderful God is. And the three things that jump out at me in this short passage, the first few verses of Psalm 139, are firstly, how intimately God knows us. Lord, you've searched me, you know me, you know when I sit down, you know when I get up, you know when I go out, you know when I lie down, you know what I'm thinking even before I say a word, you know what words are going to be on my lips. Lord, you know me. God knows us intimately. Now, sometimes Easter feels a little bit like a retailing phenomenon. You know, go and buy chocolate eggs and and let's have a long weekend and have a rest. And and if God is a busy God and he doesn't have time for us, then he doesn't know us. But that isn't who God is. God knows you and he knows me. Everything we're thinking, everything we're doing, everything we're hoping for, everything we're hurting for, God knows us. And secondly, he's on this journey with us. Lord, you, you hem me in. You're behind me, you're in front of me, you, you've laid your hands upon me. It's interesting, you know, when this was written, all the other gods that all the other nations worshipped lived in static places. They lived in temples on hilltops and people went up to the hills to worship them in their temples. But this God, whom the psalmist's writing about, this God spent 40 years on a journey in the wilderness with his people Israel. 
You can read some more about it in the book of Exodus. This God set up home amongst his people in the temple in Jerusalem when they finally crossed over into the promised land. This God has a heart to be with his people. It's his heart's cry. We hear it time and time again from the beginning of the Bible, way back in the Old Testament, to almost the end in the second last chapter of the book of Revelation. God over and over says this, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will make my dwelling place among you. God is a God who's on this journey with us. Even, even in hell, even in heaven, even if we go to the farthest part of the world, even there God is with us. His presence, his face, that's literally what the Hebrew word means, his face is there. And even when it feels dark, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become like night around me. But God, even in the darkness, it won't be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God is in those dark places, and he's not some distant God. This is not some unmoved mover, you know, someone who just doesn't feel for us. This God is a God who knows us wonderfully and beautifully and intimately, and he's on the journey with us, and I know that's hard for us to fathom. There are billions of people who have lived down through the ages, and he knows each one of us more and more intimately than we can ever imagine. That's what God's like. He knows each one of us like that. And that, for me, sets the scene for Easter. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I'd just like to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. The central message of Easter, that Jesus died and rose again to save you and me, is something that all too sadly we seem to skim over all too quickly, just this one time every year. And yet tucked away in this thing we call Easter is a shocking truth that's meant to turn our lives upside down 365 days of the year. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Shocking Truth About You, Me and Barabbas. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the abundant life that Jesus purchased for you on that cross and through that empty tomb. In fact, each chapter contains a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, one of the things that I think is so hard to wrap our hearts around when we think about Easter is that it's not so much an institutional corporate celebration, but it's something deeply, intensely personal between us and God. We're taking a look today at what was going on in God's heart. What was he thinking when he was dreaming up this whole Easter thing? It's an amazing plan. God sends his son to earth to be beaten and spat upon and crucified to die on that brutal cross at the hands of men. Psalm 139, which is the psalm that we were looking at just before the break, kind of tells us about his motivations behind Easter. It doesn't talk specifically about Easter, but it tells us what God's heart is for us. And we just had a look at the first part of that psalm to show us that God knows us intimately. He's on every step of the journey with us. And that's huge, to know that God is walking every step of the way with us. Nowhere we can go and be alone or apart from him, even in heaven or in hell. But how is it 
that he knows us this well. I mean, sometimes we don't even know ourselves, do we? We, we can't explain why we do what we do or how we react or, to something or why we did that. You and I are pretty complex creatures. There's so many layers to who we are. Something's so deep inside us, we can't really even understand them or, or talk about them ourselves. So how does God know? Well, the writer of the psalm goes on to explain that. Let's have a read now of Psalm 139, going on to verses 13 to 16. If you have a Bible, grab it. Here's what it says. For God, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that so well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me. They were written in your book, even before one of them came into being. This is one of the most precious passages in the Bible to me. As I look back on my life, and you do too, there's a mixture of wonderful and desperate, beautiful and ugly. We've both done some brilliant things, and we've done some really stupid things. There are great highs, and there are dark valleys. But when you and I were conceived, God was there. My innermost parts, who I am, your innermost parts, who you are, our DNA blueprint, the way that we look and sound and all our gifts and abilities and strengths and weaknesses, all that, those layers of complexity, he created in our innermost being. He knit you and me together in our mother's wombs. Imagine you and I have been handcrafted by God, distinctive, one of a kind, completely, utterly, amazingly, beautifully, wondrously made, separated and different from any other person who's ever lived or any other person who will ever live, intricately woven together, each strand of DNA laid down according to God's plan. But not only that, not only who we are, but everything that would ever happen to us. Look at it again. All the days that were ordained for me, they were written in your book before one of them came into being. I so despair when I meet people who waste away their lives worrying and complaining about their lot. Yeah, some people seem to have better lives than others. Some people seem to get all the breaks and the benefits and the blessings and other people, they seem to get handed more difficult lives, painful lives, a a bit like Jesus people like the Apostle Paul. But that's all part of God's plan. There's a beautiful poem, you might have heard me read it once before, it's called The Weaver, and it goes something like this. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colours as he weaveth steadily. Sometimes he chooses dark threads, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why the dark threads were as needful in the weaver's skilful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he had planned. You and I are what he made us to be. We are living the lives he planned for us, the lives he always knew that we'd live. Nothing is a surprise to God. And when we put our faith in him, we experience the most incredible joy. I was having lunch recently with a woman who is well into her 70s now, whose husband, quite a few years back, committed suicide. How devastating would that have been? But she put her faith in Christ. She spent time in God's Word, and she has this quiet joy and a beautiful countenance about her. She could have lived the rest of her life bitter, but no, she's lived it in Christ. And when we see the beauty of God's plan, handcrafted as we are by him, to live the life that he laid out before time began, we get some sense 
of what was going on in his heart when he came up with his plan for Easter because we can only live the life he has planned if we live it with him. And we have a basic problem. That problem is called sin. It's the things that we've done wrong that keep us away from him and that's what Easter's about. We're going to look at that after this short break. Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea, the notion that God would send us his son to suffer and die, for me, seems just too big to comprehend. It's an outrageous idea, but it's an idea that unless we wrap our minds around it, unless we wrap our hearts around it, we're completely missing the point of the love that God has for us, the vastness of the love of God for us, the tenderness of the love of God for us. So let's take a crack. Let's try and wrap our hearts and minds around what Jesus did for you and for me. As we continue to look back on Easter, one of the things that I hope we'll ponder is the reaction of the writer, the psalmist, the person who wrote Psalm 139 that we've been looking at today. There's a sense of awe and wonder as he ponders how intimately God knows him, how faithfully God hangs in there with him, and the wonder of God's craftsmanship and plan. Look again at what the psalmist writes in verse 6. He says, Such knowledge is too high for me. It is so high I can't attain it. And in verse 14, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderfully your works, O God, that I know very well. And again in verse 17, How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try and count them, but they're more than the sand on the beach. I come to the end, and I am still with you. Easter is the time when God sent his son to die for us, to solve this this basic problem of humanity that we have, a problem that God calls sin. And I I know, sin used to sound like such an old-fashioned, fuddy-duddy word to me too, but it is the problem of humanity. And we've been looking at that over the last few weeks. But the thing that just, I don't know, oozes out of this psalm for me, that speaks so much about God's motivation behind Easter, is his incredible love. We will never, ever, ever be able to wrap our minds and our hearts around God's love completely. We'll never, ever be able to understand how he feels about us. You know, God says in his word that one day we will stand before him and all things will be revealed. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine looking at God. I I can't imagine looking on the face of Jesus. I can't imagine knowing and understanding fully how much he loves us. And when he created you and when he created me, individually and wondrously and perfectly handcrafted you and me 
intricately woven together in our mother's womb, that was the most amazing act of grace because he knew when he did that that you and I would reject him. He always knew that. He always knew that to bring us back to him, to save us from ourselves, to save us from what we deserve, which is an eternity without him, he'd have to send Jesus to die on that cross for you and me. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. You and I, our sin, our rebellion, are no surprise to God. He always knew, and he still created us. He still allowed us to be born. He still planned every day of our lives, even before any of those days existed at all. That blows me away. No wonder the psalmist writes, How weighty are your thoughts to me, O God? How vast is the sum of them? I try and count them, but they're more than the grains of sand on the beach. Because behind Easter is this amazing act of grace. Not just that Jesus came to suffer and die for our failure, but that God always knew that by creating us, he would have to do that. And yet he created us anyway. Can I encourage you never ever to put Easter in some convenient, measured little box. Never ever to consign Easter to some some head knowledge thing. But like the psalmist, be blown away by God's love. Every breath you take, every step, every hilltop, every valley, every twist, every turn, everything that we have to suffer and bear, live it in this awe and wonder at who God is and how much he loves you in Jesus Christ. Life takes on a completely new meaning and vibrancy and colour. doesn't matter how much we have to suffer, how much we have to weep, how many tears we cry. We know that God has a plan. He always has. And God was there when you were handcrafted by him in your mother's womb. God always had a plan for you to be who you are, for you to live the life that he's given you, and for you to have a life through the sacrifice of his son Jesus, and for you and me to walk in wonder and awe of the completely unattainable knowledge of his love for us in Jesus Christ. We've been looking at that over the last few weeks, and we've seen how his love plays itself out on the cross. But right now, unless we're completely lost in the wonder of his plan and his love, you know what, I I think Easter just becomes another long weekend, doesn't it? Listen to the psalmist. God, I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are so wonderful that I know full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes, O God, saw my unformed body. All the days that were ordained for me, they were already written in your book before any of them as yet came into being. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, They'd outnumber all the grains of sand on the earth. When I awake, I'm still with you. You see, you and I are to die for in God's sight. God created us. He knew that we rebel. He loved us. And he knew that his son would have to come and die for you and for me. That, my friend, is what Easter is about. Because your rejection of God, my rejection of God, severed the perfect relationship that we can have with God. And, and God is, is good, he's righteous, he's, he's perfect. Ultimately, when we reject him, when we sin, when we turn against him, when we do what we know is wrong, somebody has to pay that price. Now, if you look at our law and our judges, I mean, they don't work perfectly, but if we do something wrong, someone has to pay the price. That principle of justice comes from the very nature of God. God is a just God and yet he's a loving God. And God's justice 
and his love were in conflict. Justice demanded that we be punished. Love demanded we be forgiven. And on the cross they come together. On the cross they merge. Through the death of Jesus, the demands of justice are met. And the demands of God's love to set us free, to have a new life, are met as well. Friend, Easter is about the central, devastating sickness of humanity. Easter is about setting you and me free from our sin to give us a new life. That's what it's all about. That's why we celebrate Easter. The chocolate's nice, the long weekend's nice, the church services are nice for those who go. But bottom line, God sacrificed his son so that you and I could have an eternal relationship with him. It's a relationship that begins the moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's call our sin for what it is. It is sin. And friend, as much as we look in the mirror and we see wrinkles and warts and failures and bad things, God knows those. It's why he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and for me. And that, my friend, is Easter. If you have never put your trust in Jesus, then you do not know the freedom of God's forgiveness. The moment we believe that Jesus died to pay for our sin and through his death... We're forgiven by God. The moment we accept that and believe that, my friend, we are set free to live a new life. That's why Jesus rose again, to give us a new life. And that new life begins here and now. That is Easter. Before I go, there's something very important that I'd like to share with you. Over these coming weeks, this program, Christianity Works, is going to be encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. After all, Easter is a time when hearts are open to receive this amazingly good news. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with the gospel message. So a gift today of just $35 can touch around 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called The Shocking Truth About You, Me, and Barabbas. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time next week, with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.